Welcome everyone to another episode of Engage Cast. This is Priyam Jha, the brand marketing manager at Web Engage, and in today's episode, we have Avlesh Singh in conversation with Pierre Lachelle. Avlesh is the co-founder and CEO of Web Engage, and he will be in deep conversation with Pierre, who is a growth marketing leader based out of Paris. About Pierre, his previous experiences include a growth marketing gig at Mad Kudu. and some extensive entrepreneurial stints with company spare and startup friendly this episode features loads of actionable information about the fundamental tenets of growth marketing identifying and fixing bottlenecks and solving growth problems at the product level keep listening to find out what is growth marketing all about what does it mean to be a growth marketer the difference between growth hacks and growth marketing how to build growth teams from scratch and the differences between b2b and b2c growth function so for intros uh, my name is avlesh and uh, i'm a co-founder at webengage i do oversee the the sales marketing product and you know some of the support functions and uh, i was very excited about uh, speaking with you this this uh, you know we had to i'm glad that we're finally talking there's a whole lot of heavy gadgets that they're placed in front of me. I, i i feel like you know being in a studio made to do a job that i'm not supposed to do but uh, anyway it's <laughs> i think we'll just get done with this and be okay um yeah all right Pierre, thank you so much and uh, um let's 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 quickly talk about uh, you know um the the topic that we have that we have chosen for today um a large part of it uh, you know stems from what what we came across in your in your blog post where you talked about growth mindset was very very intriguing and uh, you know a lot of interesting uh, tidbits there uh, and then you know there's this whole ecosystem of people talking about growth hacking you know how to basically fast track companies on the growth pedal our podcast today for 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 the audience is essentially focused around growth hacking the nuances of it what does it mean and what it does not and how do you really go about it what does it entail that's that's broadly what this uh, podcast is aimed at and um, uh, we'd love to hear your views it would be very nice if you could fill us in with your ideas of uh, you know what you wrote in the in your post about growth mindset and uh, subsequently we'll build up on that okay basically i think that growth marketing is is doing everything that you can to um grow the business it has to be customer centric meaning that you shouldn't be doing things that are going to hurt your customers or their experiences so if if you are trying to if if you're going to send them uh, 10 or 20 emails within their onboarding that's about experience and should it be done because that's going to hurt your revenue in the long haul um for me growth marketing is is all about finding where the business hurts um where does the funnel leak so that you can solve these issues and this bottlenecks and um start growing your business much faster so you know if you consider says businesses um you see tons of them having issues in terms of activation or retention um the goal of the growth marketer is to first find these bottlenecks so that you can um understand them 
try to understand why people are having issues at these steps and then solve these issues from a product standpoint. So if you think about onboarding, for instance, you could easily replace your onboarding, try something different and see if it works. It's basically changing your product so that you improve customer experience based on data. Data is um, one of the most important pillar in terms of growth marketing because it's data that's going to inform your decisions data that's going to tell you if an experiment worked or not and this is what's going to enable you to learn and learning is is to me the last pillar of, of growth marketing because you want to learn as much and as fast as you can it's not necessarily about winning or losing it's mainly about about learning um learning from experiences learning from um designing hypothesis and learning what your users and how do they want to use your product understood okay okay uh, i think that's a fair bit of um, points to get started with you know when you when you think of growth hacking so brings me to my first question pierre um, we we hear about this term a lot growth hacking uh, you know people who are trying to become a growth hacker there's this whole sort of um, a uh, number of people uh, who aspire to become growth hackers you know people from product streams people from marketing streams uh, people from tech streams how do, how do you define what is a growth hacker what does it mean to be a growth hacker one of the most important things that i can say today is that growth hacking can be seen as a myth uh meaning that you know when you see big companies do tons of stuff to scrapping and stuff like this or even smaller businesses um and you see their growth you're like hey i want that growth as well and you're basically doing things that are uh not scalable and i think that's not really what what growth marketing is all about um to me growth marketing is all about finding customer centric um ways to deliver more value um it's about how you can onboard people faster quicker better um how you can retain them um better faster and and all that stuff um for me growth is is working on the product so that you can deliver more value when you think about hacking in 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 a way you know growth hacking has been mainly about you know scrapping um uh, mailing list and stuff like this and i think that's um not really scalable um nor sustainable um so i think this is quite a difference in terms of like when you talk growth marketing or growth hacking it's 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 quite hard to figure out what what everyone is actually doing um because you don't like i'm not i'm not in business to do something very quickly that's going to yield results for a week um i want to launch experiments that are going to have like long lasting results over the long term um so to me growth marketing is much more interesting than growth hacking and if you want to be a growth marketer i think you need you, you just need to be passionate about your results meaning that you know a growth marketer is just someone that's like caring a lot about what your results and your revenue and i think that's what all business savvy people should do meaning that you know if if you are unsure something is going to yield tons of revenue should you even do it in the first place can you test that before investing too much within a specific tactic or strategy and that's basically what growth marketing slash growth hacking is it's about formulating a hypothesis about why something is broken in the business and then launching small scale tests so that you can improve your your results does that make sense absolutely i i, I could not agree more uh, you know the 
the importance of running experiments, measuring, and then further optimizing. Uh, that's the only way to learn. And you're absolutely, uh, you're absolutely right about that. You spoke about the ability for this person aspiring to become a growth marketer to be able to run experiments, run tests, uh, be able to measure optimize and then you know repeat until the results are obtained now with that as uh, as the point that you were trying to make it at web engage also pair you know what we experience is um, depending upon uh, you know regions and customer industries and categories there are uh, there are different kinds of people that we interface with uh, in the growth role um, you know they, they they come from very different backgrounds and uh, they have roles and responsibilities in either product or in marketing. My question for you is, do you see these roles blending when it comes to growth, the product and the marketing role? Is there something new taking shape? Is there room for something new there? Or, or is the mark, uh, you know, is the growth role or the retention role uh, per se? Who does it need to sit with? Is it marketing responsibility? Is it product responsibility? Or is it some other person? I think the question is quite, it's quite hard given that it, you could probably write a book on that subject. Um, oh, you can. However, <laughs> um, product and marketing are definitely blending because uh, in this age, more and more products are selling themselves um, in a way, meaning that you're trying to have the product do the marketing for you. You're trying to have um, extremely good onboarding so that, that the person you're talking to doesn't have to talk to your sales team. Um, they can just onboard themselves and, and sign the contract. That's, that's the, the sort of dream or, of SaaS and, and, and all that stuff because you want to make money without you. This is great for scalability, right? You know, like onboarding clients without having to talk to them making sure that they are happy and stuff like this is, is great for scalability because you don't have to hire anyone to onboard these clients. So having the product do the marketing slash sales is, is quite an interesting uh, proposition. Um, however, from, from what I've seen, it, it's quite hard to do and especially on, on different kinds of clients. Um, you know, I've had clients whom clients are um, very hard to reach and they're not very familiar with technology and stuff like this. And within these this sort of age cases, um, you can't really have a product on board clients entirely. Knowing that I think product and marketing are definitely blending. Um, I think there is a huge overlap now between growth marketing and product because most of the experiments that you're going to run from a growth perspective are going to be product driven. Um, meaning that if, if you want to start doing a new onboarding, a new, a new specific set of features, you're going to need product resources. And I think in the end, it's mainly about understanding clients and, and making sure that we deliver value to them. Um, so these were also blending, um, but I think there's still room for both of them, maybe in terms of roles, but maybe not in terms of teams in itself. Meaning that we might not have, we might not need an entire product team full of engineers and, and we might not need a, f a full room of growth marketers to work on all of this. I think the, the, the collaboration between these two roles is, is required now more than ever. They need to collaborate and they need to work on things that matters for the business. I think that's, um, the most important. 
um, these these teams, these roles need to collaborate so that they can work together to de- deliver more value to clients, improve the product, and thus put online. Absolutely. I do agree with you. Yes, they are blending. And uh, we, we get to see that a lot, uh, you know, in uh, for customers that we face with. Um, brings me to my next question, uh, Pear, and this is something that I, uh, you know, wanted uh, the audience to uh, uh, to largely benefit from this podcast. What's your advice for companies uh, who want to set up their growth teams from scratch? What what should they do? How do they? Where do they start? Uh, and 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 how does the you know how does the team structure look like? What do the KPIs look like? Who who owns this team? And 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 what are their deliverables? What what to expect of them? What kind of support system to build for them? Um, we'd love to we'd love to hear from uh, you um, for for you know for all the companies out there who want to set up their growth teams. The main issue when someone want to get started in growth is that they start a team, they invest tons of resources before even proving that it works. Um, they don't really support the team and, and they have still tons of overlaps with the other teams. Meaning that, you know, if, if you have, this, if you're the product team and, and the executives bring on two or three new people working on growth, they are most likely going to work on the product. So it creates a lot of tension within the company, which can be hard for everyone in the business. So what's, I think, a best, uh, a better path to, to creating a growth team is basically to start small and include everyone within the business. So include people from every team's. How can you achieve that? Basically, I think um, I think Dapples did this a while back. They did what a growth hackathon or something like this, and basically they took the entire company to work on growth. Um, they had several small teams, and and what's interesting is that they decided. So we have issues on onboarding. We have issues on signups, and they gave these issues to each teams. And these teams would then come up with solutions, publish solutions over the course for three or four days. And I think that's what, what new companies should be doing as well. We need to include people. We need to make sure they understand what growth is and what growth isn't. Make sure they understand that that, that team isn't going to steal their job. It's just meaning to improve on what they've built. Um, and they should start small, show results to everyone within the business, show that this team, these persons have been improving the bottom line and that this is good for the entire business. And uh, they should start testing. So to sum, sum it up, um, start with a goal in mind. Um, if you want to, if you think that, wh- where does your funnel hurts, right? Are you, is it onboarding? Is it retention? Do you struggle to convert website visitors? Uh, figure this out. Choose and pick one. Um, now that you know that you're, you're, what hurts the most within your business is converting uh, website visitors to SQLs, for instance, then you, you need to figure out why. Do research, understand your clients, understand why they're not converting, stuff like that. Then you launch experiments and show results to the entire business include include everyone within your efforts uh, 
you know, make people contribute to the list of ideas that you want to run, uh, make them contribute to the research phase. Um, I'm thinking, for instance, support, sales, customer success will have great insights for you when you do research um, and then show them show them the results. Very interesting, Pei. Um, I, I, I picked up a lot of nuggets in what you said. Uh, my favorite is uh, growth marketing hackathon. I guess that's the term you used. You know, just from the concept, it sounds very, very interesting. And, and you know, I'm going to float this idea internally at WebEngage to do something like that. You know, what I, uh, what I would like to understand is, uh, how do you go about structuring this? You know, engineering hackathons, uh, we, we, everybody does it. And I think we all understand what, what you know, people do there. Uh, very defined problem statements or sometimes even open. And, you know, people spend their time, uh, countless number of hours to actually put something together. What does a what does a growth hackathon uh, comprise? What, what do you what, what what would a team want to achieve uh, at the end of a hackathon, uh, which is about growth hacking? What they need to achieve quite quickly is to figure out what's their objective. Um, maybe they want to improve um, retention. Maybe they want to improve onboarding. What do you really want to improve in the business? What's broken that's holding the business back in terms of revenue? So basically, identify um, a problem statement, uh, one one growth problem statement that you're that you're having right now, which could be, as you said, you know, improving improving your uh, uh, onboarding, reducing the churn, um, could be about reducing, uh, you know, let's say uh, cart abandonment for that matter. If you're an e-commerce platform, so you're saying pick up a problem, and then make it the theme for your growth hackathon. Yeah, and, and, and your success will be what have you learned about that specific step on your business? You know, did, did you did you improve your results? Did you improve the metric that you were given? Because in the end, you know, it's all about showing like are you are you gaining traction with with growth? Are you are you managing to, to drive drive results? Mm-hmm. And you drive results by improving metrics. And while maintaining or improving customer experience, so I think for me, success at, at the end of because of, this is an interesting phase when you get started. You basically want to get the entire company on board, and you get the entire company on board by showing results, showing that that it works, showing that you can work on such uh, on such small cycles right. um, and stuff like this. And it's basically you know. As a team, as a cohesive team, getting together to say, all right, how can we improve the business during this week? That's right. That's a very important point you're bringing up here, uh, you know, about about metrics and, uh, you know, how as a company, if you if you really want to kick growth and move it in the right direction, it's very important that uh, those metrics you start measuring and uh, everyone in the team gets to see those metrics. And it becomes then very easy for, you know, every member of the team to empathize with your growth goals and be aligned with it in terms of what you would like to achieve. Um, it, it sounds like a very normal thing, but, you know, it's very counterintuitive thing to for most companies uh, being able to measure all your growth metrics and then be able to share with your entire team. Um, so that, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm glad you actually touched upon that because in my view, I think, uh, you know, the growth mindset starts from there. Then it's about onboarding your entire team, setting up the processes and and then running the experiments as you earlier said. Sure. I think there's an interesting point that I did not touch about yet. It's 
you know about culture mm -hmm. and i think you know when 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 we when we think growth hacking growth marketing growth teams and stuff like this we're only talking about a specific team within the business but you know when you're running a small business doing less than 10 million in revenue um, you're about 30 to 60 on the business everyone should be concerned about growth whether you are um, in customer success or uh, onboarding clients or doing marketing, everyone should be concerned about growth. And, and the way that you can be concerned about growth is by looking at your numbers, because these are the indicators that are going to give you um, a rough idea of how things are going. And these indicators can be, can be generally quantitative. Uh, but, but they can, you know, it's not only looking at revenue, you know, if you want to measure um, customer satisfaction and you could, you could start talking about NPS, that promoter score, and, and you should try to measure and care about as many of these things as possible. Can't agree more. And, and the entire, yeah. And the entire company should be doing all of this. It's not about just the CEO or just the VP of growth. Mm -hmm. I think it's about everyone. And that's, what I mentioned in terms of culture. So creating growth culture is, is extremely difficult and, and, you know, you don't really have, you know, textbooks or indicate much indications on this, but this is basically what you want to be doing. If you want, if you want to really move the needle in your business. That's right. That's right. You're, you're right. Uh, Pierre, you know, there are no textbooks uh, to create that culture, but at least we now have a podcast. <laughs> I, I have more and more people embrace that. Uh, no, I can't agree more. Uh, you know, I, uh, I I I said this before too. Um, you know, couple of guys uh, they can do whatever they can. Uh, however smart they are, unless the whole team is aligned with the goals and you know the metrics are being very publicly measured and being optimized on by the whole team, uh, it's very hard to get it right. So uh, you know, I yeah. more with the fact that the whole team needs to be aligned, and it's not any. And and you know, if if Everyone isn't aligned. It can be quite bad for the business. Um, I can't, I can't really cite names, but I remember, um, I was talking to a VP of growth the other day and he was launching experiments. The product team was always slowing him down because the product team, you know, he was shipping code that wasn't hitting product standards, if that makes sense. So his code wasn't as good as the product team and, and that's normal. Because he, he ships his code in, in, in less than a day, whereas the product team is going to take a few days. I told him that it's a bit of his fault because he didn't educate the product team on, on his goal. And the product team did not did not understand that the code that he was pushing wasn't meant for long-term production. You know what I mean? It's, yeah. It was just meant to try out a small hypothesis. If it, if it worked, then, then you can move on to uh, better code. Uh, well written and stuff like this. Um, but by aligning everyone, you make sure that the, the team can succeed and that it has the tools to succeed. Right. Absolutely. Uh, Coming to the last leg of the conversation. Um, so, Pierre, you, you, you know, you consult with a lot of companies, you advise them on their growth strategies. Um, are there any significant differences that you see uh, in terms of the growth mindset uh, or, or, you know, the, the growth function inside a B2B business as opposed to a b2c business um there are a lot of differences for everyone out there what i think is most important is not the difference it's about the similarities and the similarities are going to be about process culture 
um, analytics and stuff like this. And I think that's what matters the most. Um, when you think about differences, it's going to be differences in terms of the sales process. It's going to be differences in terms of metrics, uh, how much one new customer is worth to you and stuff like this. But I think, you know, if you are a good growth marketer, you should be able to adapt yourself to every type of business. Sure. Sure. So tomorrow you should be, you could be doing growth marketing for uh, a digital B2B SaaS businesses. Uh, and, and in a month from now, you could be doing growth marketing for an hairdresser in your street. You know what I mean? And, and I think that's, that's where most people might get these things wrong. It's growth marketing is not about having done something well you need, you need to be doing you, you need to be able to run experiments by yourself that's for sure you need to be able to do research you need to be able to um, formulate hypothesis and stuff like that but in the end the differences between uh, b2b b2c and stuff like this don't really matter to you because in the end you have a goal in mind and it's growing the business and you should be doing whatever comes to your mind to improve your metrics and grow the business and the tactics and the strategies you're going to use are vastly different between B2B and B2C. Um, but what really matters is that you have the process in place and the methodologies so that you can keep iterating, launching more tests, and you will learn um, how you can build up on that and grow the business. Understood. The only reason I, I asked that question was um, was trying to figure out if the complexities of the job or the function they change. Uh, you know, when you when you look at a B two B versus a B two C business, uh, primarily because a typical consumer business uh, it just starts having a lot many more touch points. Uh, you know, uh, consumers interact with you uh, in the offline world, in the online world. In the online world, um, you know, there are there are mobile apps that they interact with. There is a website that you have, you know, a whole whole bunch of things where customer interactions are happening. Uh, as compared to B2B, where things seem to be fairly, you know, oriented towards the desktop user, as opposed to, you know, multiple touch points. Uh, well, of course, you have other touch points like customer success, like support, uh, which, which you know, which a larger part I understand what you're saying. Uh, if if you're measuring uh, metrics in all of these places, then invariably they are the same thing because you want to just optimize the metric. I mean, because you, when you realize that you have an issue um, somewhere within your business and you learn about that issue, you will realize and segment this metrics. So if we think about desktop versus mobile you're going to see at some point that this stuff has a much higher conversion rate than mobile. And then you're going to say, hey, we need to improve conversion rate on mobile. Right. But it's not because it's a B2C business that you're going to improve mobile. That's right. If it's not the most pressing issue within the business. That's right. That's right. You see where I'm going? Absolutely. And it's, it's, it's basically about truly understanding why do we have that issue, why people are not doing what we want them to do, and then then um, helping them within this process. And the other day I was working with client and they do they do they are a B two B software. They have a very much B two C kind of clients, meaning that they spend most of their clients spend most of their time on Facebook. Uh, they don't read really their emails. Um, they do read their their text messages, uh, but they they spend more time on Facebook Messenger. 
And you know, if 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 we were very much aligned with B2B, we would have said, um, all right, we're gonna send emails to them, um, we're gonna send them more emails, we might offer them a Slack channel and stuff like this, but that's not what we did because we understood the the the, the typical client wouldn't read their email and they would spend more time um, text messages or Facebook Messenger. So that's how we use these communication channels with them. Understood. If we if we had said, you know, this is B2B, this is email, we would have failed. That's right. But because we had that process in place and the ability to change the rules, we were able to um, to improve our results bottom line. Interesting insight that is. Thanks for sharing, Phil. All right, sure. Uh, you know, just last uh, piece of advice uh, from Pear to to all founders out there listening to this podcast. How does uh, how does Pear? What does Pear want to advise them on? Uh, how can they grow fast? Something that every founder out there wants to do. Uh, they find it very very hard to do. I empathize with them as a founder. What's Pear's advice? One last advice on the, what should all these founders do to grow fast? I think it's all about focus, and it's about focus at all the steps of the business. Um, when you're quite young, it's not about having serving the entire market and having 10 millions of customers. You want to start doing your first million and and evolve with your with your with your stage. So you know when you get started, try out a few different customer um, segments and then push as much as you can on one of them. You should have only one product. You should probably have only one funnel. And it's all about, you know, focusing on where it matters. Where are um, the 20% of clients bringing you 80% of your revenue? Right. And in all businesses, you can always find these. Right. And it's similar if you ask about activities and what you do within your business. You know, what are the 20% of activities that bring you 80% of your growth slash revenue? And if you analyze your time and, and the way you spend time, you will find specific activities that do so. Right. Then why spend time on the 80% of activities that only bring you 20% of your revenue? Well, maybe you shouldn't. Okay. And I think what's what, what really matters, and I think a lot of entrepreneurs really struggle with this, is, is that they spread out and they spread too thin on too many subjects. And, uh, you know, I was talking to an entrepreneur the other day. I was, I, I've been mentoring him for the past um, six months and he didn't have the time to meet me. <laughs> and I'm like, dude, if you don't have time to meet me and, and, and you're not uh, doing an APO in the three next years and doing a hundred millions in revenue, you are seriously doing something wrong <laughs> because, because you're spending too much time on things that, that don't, grow your business, spending too much time on things that are that are worthless. Correct. Correct. It's like, yeah, it's all about the focus and, and you know, evolve with your stage and focus where it matters. That's very, very valuable, uh, Pir. Uh, I, I think a lot of interesting uh, insights, uh, especially in that advice uh, to founders uh, who, who don't find time. Uh, I'm guilty of that myself, too. And uh, <laughs> no, absolutely, I, I, I resonate with whatever you said. Uh, I think uh, founders will get that message very clear. Uh, Pierre, thank you so much uh, for joining us for this podcast. I look forward to speak with you again and uh, do well. Thanks for having me. Pleasure. Thank you. Yeah. 
thanks for the podcast thank you for listening to this episode of engage cast i hope you enjoyed the conversation between avlesh singh and pierre lachelle we will see you next week with another riveting podcast till then keep hustling and take care